Blog Talk Radio. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland, and our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said of this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is, will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Now, get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction. The place where the news may seem like a dream and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy because God truth will set you free. John 832. You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong. Hi, everybody. This is Susan Puzio, and I'm going to be filling in today for Phil Armstrong. And our guest today will be Brenda Johnson of As the Day Approaches on Blog Talk Radio. And I also have a program on Blog Talk Radio called Prophetic News. So uh, we broadcast usually on Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern. So you can catch our program and uh, Brenda Johnson's program as the day approaches. So we have so many interesting things going on in the news, don't we? Uh, We have an issue going on with Syria, and uh, we have massive flooding in Colorado. Uh, There was a, a fire that broke out on the boardwalk there in New Jersey, I think it's in Seaside Heights. Uh, So we're definitely seeing what Jesus predicted, wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famines and pestilence. Uh, Truly, we are in the end times, and events are unfolding rapidly around us. So uh, we're going to bring on our guest now. Brenda Johnson. Hi, Brenda. Hi, how are you, Susan? Good. Good Good. hanging in there. (laughs) It's been a long time since I've been on the prophecy zone. (laughs) Oh, yeah, here we are. I know. We're back back in the zone. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the zone, yes. Uh, Phil says he wants to get all of us back together for a show, so we'll have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be great. Uh, I'm glad that we all met uh, on the Prophecy Zone a while back. It's been a couple years, I guess, but we we all uh, did programs on the Prophecy Zone at one time, and uh, as well as our own broadcasts, 
that we have on Blog Talk Radio, myself and Christine Weick and Brenda and Phil. So we are uh, out there for uh, people to listen and learn, hopefully, that we're... We learn from each other. Uh, That's right. There's so much That's deception absolutely. today. Yeah, it, it is true, really. What would we do without the body of Christ? Amen. And with our differences, you know, with our, with our, uh, uh, I guess our um, expertise, I suppose, if you want to say that, or yeah. our, our bend and what we like to talk about. So. And we yeah. each have our own little style, and it's great. Yeah, it really is, because I learned so much from my friends, especially my friends on the Internet, because today we know that it's so hard to uh, get a realistic point of view about what's really going on in the church from television, uh, because they've, most of the programs have gone so far away from the true gospel and so if it wasn't for the internet we're kind of like the um the the uh, pioneers uh of uh trying to get people back to uh bible study uh on their own to search the scriptures and to be good Bereans to see what the word of god says to be responsible Ultimately, we are all responsible for our own walk with the Lord. We can't blame someone else because they were a false teacher. Uh, And so uh, I I see that happening where uh, people blame uh, Christians because they backslid. Well, nobody can make (laughs) you backslide. (laughs) You're responsible for yourself. And, and when you're when you're standing before God, He's not going to ask you yeah. what the other person did. Yeah. He's going to ask you who Jesus is and who do you believe. You know, so it's not it's you know whose 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 blood is covering you. Is it you know your own works or is it Jesus Christ and Him crucified? So um, nobody's going to be asked that question. Uh, what did per- a person do to you that made you want to walk away from God? So that's I think right. that's, that's just a excuse for people not to want to put their faith in, in a God they can't see. It's easier to put your faith in the failures of man so that you, you can have an excuse. And a lot yeah. of people do that. Oh, yeah, a lot and, of people know, do that. Yeah, and you know, I know the the Christian TV has you know gone so far overboard, but I I also think the internet, with its benefits, also has its curses as well because I have not seen uh, the false teaching spread so quickly as they have on the internet. Yeah, the internet is it has so many, and everybody's saying they're a Berean. I, I, I get mad at Satan because he's stealing our language. He's, you know, uh, all yeah. teachers are saying, I'm a Berean. <laughs> be a, be yeah. a Berean. Study for yourself. But then the, the nobody does study for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and they just trust, oh, since he's saying it, he or she is saying it, then it must be true. 
YouTube. YouTube is not a very good source for necessarily biblical information, but it does have its place where you can get information that is good. But you really have to pick through all of that stuff. That's true. And, you really and, you know, do because, have to picture. Yeah, and 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 I have not seen so many people have the opportunity to say what they think, which is, you know, it's good for you and me and everybody else who wants to teach the scriptures. When you know, especially us as women, don't get that opportunity to speak on, you know. Uh, public platforms very often yeah. because <laughs> yeah, I get so frustrated because you know guys they get a title and, and you know um, we're like where are you at? Are you in the dark ages? Like really dark? Uh. Well, yeah, you know, I ran into this situation where um, I was in a position where I was uh, next, you know, having an associate with a guy and he was a youth pastor. And a bunch of people knew that he was actually a youth pastor, and they kept coming in and asking for the youth pastor. And here I was, here all this time, but I didn't have a title, so nobody just walked in and asked for me because I didn't have a title. But yeah. this youth pastor, they asked for. And so when we were talking, you know, on our time, you know, by ourselves, I learned that he was a youth pastor because he was going and working in a youth in a small church, and he was faithful at going to the youth for about three months, and they made him a pastor. <laughs> Here and I have four years of Bible college plus internship, and yet I don't get a title. And he gets the title, but it didn't do the study yeah. to earn it, you know, yeah. in a sense. But there... <laughs> And he didn't know that much. So it was like, yeah, it was, sometimes it's really frustrating. But the Internet gives us the opportunity to really um, say what, you know, is on our hearts and minds. So I like that. But I think it is also the, thing, the very uh, avenue, which, is a, which a lot of false teachings are actually spreading as well. So, yeah, because it gives anybody an opportunity to... Uh, have a voice so there's That's so right. many voices out there uh many. anybody could get a program on blog talk radio anybody could get a channel on youtube uh anybody could have a twitter account or be on facebook so that and they can they can claim to be a christian and uh so yeah we see all i see all kinds of funny stuff going on i, I have fun with it though i really do i have I have a false teachings group site, and and I tell you, I don't know what's going on with that. For for a couple of years that I had it, it stayed at like 750 people. Yeah. It, it kind of fluctuated. But in the last three months, it has ballooned to over 2,100 people. Wow. I have no, I have no idea why. I really don't know why. Uh, but it is crazy. And, so where um, is that uh, if people want to go there? It's a Facebook Facebook group. It's page. a group? Okay, so it's a public yeah, it's group? Called, yeah, it's called False Teachings Identifying Them. Okay. 
Yeah, and people can right, find so that. You, that yeah. is actually it's an actually a discussion debate site where um, I'm a little unique in that I don't kick people off who um, have a false teaching. It attracts yeah. two types false. It attracts two types of people. It attracts attracts those who want to defend the 66 books of canonical scripture, and it attracts those who think they have a truth, you know, a truth, and they want to propagate their false teaching. Yeah. So I let them post it, and then I identify, oh, this is a false teaching. And then I okay. So you do monitor the group. I monitor the group, uh, and, you know, um, sometimes, you know, it does get out of hand here, but I try to monitor the best I can, me and a few others. <laughs> I have another woman on there that's been, been in Bible college with me 20-some years ago. She's really good, and I'm about to put some more administrators on there. But Oh, that's but, good, uh, yeah, if you have somebody yeah. to help, because that, that can keep husband, you real busy. My husband's on there. <laughs> my husband's on there. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. that could be, it could keep you busy with all those people trying to I watch know. out. Oh, but I take uh. the big ones on. I take the Hebraic Ritz people on. They love me. I lo- yeah. <laughs> I tell yeah, we're you, going I to talk like, about that today. We are, and, we are going to uh, talk about Hebraic Yeah, we're going to They're talk about vicious. that. And then uh, you had some other uh, topics that you wanted yes. to discuss because actually I am going to play this program tomorrow on my broadcast and um, yes. I was and going I to do a fine. Oh, okay, <laughs> good. Yeah. Program well. so I was going to do a me. program tomorrow on uh, the book of Enoch deception and uh, I I wasn't really quite ready um, so I decided to post postpone it and uh you, so now i have a good program exactly so i was thinking about you pro, pro, pardon you were think uh, you were you're you're studying that the enoch well i was um, going to start doing more research into it because uh i find it, it, it's a little alarming to me because people are taking this book seriously as yeah. uh, scripture uh, yeah. And uh, very, very alarming. So um, I decided that I probably should do a program on it, but I have to do more research. And then I was I was looking for some people uh, that might have already done the research, and I, I I didn't get anybody for tomorrow. So I was glad that uh, you know Phil asked me to fill in here, and then I was going to be able to talk to you so uh yeah i always enjoy having you on my program it's always informative and so now i have a good program for tomorrow myself because uh, yeah there's so much uh that's the thing about the internet like we were saying is anybody could say anything and they do and um they uh, they take books and they and they take teachings and uh, best-selling authors and they just accept their word as gospel because wow look they're famous they're on television and they sell a large amount of books so 
it must mean something, but that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> they, because the Bible says that uh, there will be false brethren and uh, false teachers, and they'll hang out in places where you hang out, and they'll they'll say all the words, praise the Lord, and whatever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And they're just wolves in sheep's clothing. And uh, I see that. I see that a lot. Well, deception is defined as a uh, a something that is, appears to be true but is not. Yeah. So it's going to look like it's true, but it's not. It's, it's, it's different than just a straight-out lie. It's a deception. It's it's something that has part truth and part error. I mean, just like, you know, the emerging church movement when I was studying that, I would get so frustrated because they're so hard to pinpoint their 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 ideology and in books like uh, in in their books, they would say one line that was true, and they're like, "Oh, that's really, really good." Yeah, and then yeah. The next line would be, "Oh, that's really, really, really bad. That's really bad. How could they say that?" And so you'd go go through that, and it would be line after line, and you'd have to distinguish. If you didn't know the scriptures, you wouldn't know the difference. Right. But for me, yeah, because they throw I, enough truth in there. It's the bait, to bait you, and then you're baited, and then you do. You say, wow, wow, that's nice. Look, at they believe just like me, and isn't this nice? Well, of course, that's like, oh, great insight, and then you go, oh, that's so bad, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but that is a good, that's a good analogy because that's, that is, I think, the number one way people get tricked because I, I found out that. I started doing this a long, long time ago when I started coming out of my own uh, episode with uh, false teaching and word of faith movement. And I took myself out of all that in 1997. And I started doing research. and and uh, But I found that there's still so many people that even though you present them with the truth, they're they're still hanging on to so much of that old uh, heresy and false teaching because there's enough truth in there for them to to think that there's probably something wrong with you. Uh, you're being too critical or whatever. But we we've seen it. We <laughs> maybe some of us have been involved in those false teachings, and so. When we see it, our eyes are opened, and then we're trying to warn other people. And uh, some people aren't quite there yet. They're not quite ready to make the break, uh, but we just keep plugging along. And uh, I was—I had a good testimony the other day that we had done a program, um, I guess about a month ago, on uh, this Chuck Missler and the fact that he was, uh, plagiarizing New Age authors. He was actually taking large chunks of information from New Age books and putting it in his books. And he wasn't giving the credit to the authors. 
Well, it was alarming enough that he was taking all this information from New Age authors and pretending it was Christian. <laughs> he was pretending it was Christian? The yeah. New Age authors? Huh. Yeah. If, uh, if you want to... Which book? Uh, uh, the alien, I think it? alien encounters. One oh, of the, I didn't have that book. I just have. Yeah, read he was it uh, <laughs> quoting Ashley from. Uh, I have to go and uh, look up the name. I think the guy's name was Talbot. But if you want, if anyone wants to go and uh, actually, there's been I've got five articles now on the Heroscope Blogspot dot com. Uh, Sarah Leslie and Galen Goodroad have done an excellent job. They've <laughs> exhaustive uh, study uh, about this whole issue, and uh, I'm going to go there now. But anyway, he he actually uh, was pretending that he was writing uh, these. Uh, paragraphs in these pages, and he wasn't. But he he, he has since since he's been exposed, uh, he's done a issued an apology of sorts on YouTube where he apologizes. Uh, he doesn't use the word plagiarize, he, but uh, but if you can I, get due, give due credit to the author, hmm. yeah, well. It was bad enough that he didn't give due credit to the author, but the fact that he was taking the information from a New Age author and uh, putting it in his book, uh, (laughs) I thought that was a little alarming um, that uh, someone that claims to be a Christian would use um, new Age quotes, but let me give you this. Um, it's called, the book that he plagiarized from is called The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot. Who, and he uh, is a, yeah, he's a New Age author. Right. So, Missler actually pulled out uh, paragraph after paragraph and uh, acted like he was actually writing these things. So, uh, and you know, I find this—I find this a lot with with some of these strange teachings. Like, there's something uh, about you know the he- the spiritual realm and the the financial realm, and yeah, you know, yeah, and and, and Ooh, I have a all these realms. Who, yeah, you know, I had I had this friend that's talking about, you know, your financial well-being. And, you know, I just simply, when, you know, this book, it was a Christian, I don't even remember his name right now, but um, he talked about how you can get your finances and spiritual life in gear and, and really get it aligned with God. Mm-hmm. And it's not really the faith teacher's. It was something kind of different, and so I just looked. I just looked up this process, what he called, and you know, I found it immediately. It was a secular philosophy in finance, 
and manipulation and how yeah. to and it was the exact same thing that was secular that he made Christian and he made it sound like he was given it by God and it and it's not that it's like the manifestation of wealth and you know in the universe and the seven laws of the universe and <laughs> it was all something that was secular like, yeah, but well, remember, Brenda, years ago, uh, they uh, they started doing these things. I know. Uh, I remember back in the '80s uh, when I was involved with the Word of Faith movement. They started reading these books by people like Ogmandino and uh, these different How to Get Well. Uh, so they actually started, and they were telling you these so-called Bible teachers that they were reading these books and they were using these books to teach Christians. And uh, actually, if you need money, there's one way you can get it. You can go to work and get a job. You can get money that way. Uh, but what is wrong with praying if you need something? That's, uh, But, of course, you can't sell books and have conferences and uh, make millions of dollars by just telling people that they can pray if they need something from God. That's too easy. Uh-huh, right. Right. <laughs> right. Right, right. We have a formula for you and for That's 1995 right, you can have the formula too. And then the please. It's ridiculous. But well all the answers that we need are in God's word. So um all these extra things uh that people do do, and uh, they they try to lure you in and get you away from the simplicity of the gospel. Um, I know a, a friend of mine was telling me the other day something about, I, and I have to go and listen. To, she said she had listened to a sermon, and uh, I have to go and listen to this sermon myself because they, uh, the man was saying something about don't trivialize salvation or don't tell people that they're a new creation. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> to me, salvation is simple. Why We don't have to make it difficult. I know it was right. simple for me. I didn't uh, understand all the points of uh, getting saved and all the things that I had to do. I know that when I asked Jesus to come into my life, he came in. And then after that, you go through the period of sanctification where you uh, mm-hmm. you learn about the word of God and then you do a lot of repenting after you're saved. <laughs> you do a right? lot of walking in repentance. <laughs> a lot. A lot of crying and <laughs> repenting. You do that a lot. But that doesn't necessarily mean it happened at the moment you got saved. You didn't understand. Uh, I didn't get saved in a church. I got saved in a hotel room. I was by myself. And so, uh, or I didn't get saved yeah. from a television program. So I just think that we have to uh, just keep it simple. I'm not responsible for, if I lead somebody to the Lord, I'm not responsible for their walk. Right. Well, you know, you know, I work with youth, and, and if I can get them interested in reading the Bible for themselves, yeah. I think I've done my job. 
If yeah. I've given them an, an excitement to get to know God through the word of God, then I've done my job. Right. And and because I have great confidence that God will reveal himself to them through his word in a way that not even we can do in our no matter how much talking. Yeah, that's right. That's we can right. tell them not to sin. We can tell them not to, you know, not to do that or go do this. But that is not as good as how God can convict a person just by handing them the Gospel of John or, you know, handing them, you know, you can, of course, we're supposed to say it and speak it. I, I evangelize people all the time on the streets. I befriend them. I've had all different kinds of experiences and it's all different according to you know who the person is and where the circumstances are and you know if you're open to the spirit of god he is going to lead you to say what you need to say at the time and it might be something small might be something great it might be nothing at all you know it all depends on what uh he has in store for you but if you can get the, a Bible in their hands at that time and pray that they read it, that alone, I believe, will change well, that, them. Well, that's right, and, because you know, the Bible says the washing of the water of the Word. So it's the Word yeah. of God that cleanses us. It's the Word of God that renews our mind and changes our thinking. So if you notice that uh, – and people that call themselves Christians and their thinking didn't change, well, they haven't spent enough time in God's Word because your thinking definitely changes when uh, you spend time in the Word of God. And uh, so... Uh, and, in, and in relationship with Him because yeah. I know that, you know, some people can... I remember going to the street and having a drunk man, a bum... Yeah, when I was like 20, uh, I, he, you know, I still run into bums, but I really don't like witnessing to drunkards. But yeah, but, um, well, on the street, he would quote more scripture to me than I knew, and I was sharing yeah. the gospel. But there is no change. He was on the on the street. So yeah. I think it's you know a combination of of having a relationship with him as yeah. well as reading the word. Because whenever I got satisfied with just my experience with God, my relationship with him, he would do something to challenge me to get into the word of God. So he was trying to balance me out to where I'm not always just satisfied with just an experience of God. Um, I had to be satisfied with not only the experience of God, but with the knowledge of God and who he was. And so and I have grown to love both of you know, both uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. that relationship and that understanding. And that's what makes me be able to do what I can do part of, partly, you know. Um, so, and I love the challenges that he gives me with people who actually confront me on the word of God. It's, I don't know, I'm crazy. I, it's just weird that I like when I have a bigger challenge ahead of me than than maybe I can handle at the time. <laughs> so, uh, like, the Hebraic Roots Movement and the Emerging Church Movement are huge movements that are very complicated and very complex. 
and they make things so complicated. Yeah, but it kind of reminds me like Eastern religion. I don't know if you ever spent any time studying Eastern religion when before you got saved. I didn't spend that much time studying it, a little bit, but I never understood it. Uh, I kept waiting for the time when I was going to understand what they were saying because it kept. It sounded like what they were saying was just they were just going around in circles, and I was confused. But I thought eventually maybe I just don't. I just maybe it's too deep for me or something because I didn't understand it. And I think it's the same way, like you said, it's very complicated with uh, the Hebraic Roots Movement and the Emergent Church is that eventually people think, well, maybe eventually I'm going to understand this. I think that's how they lured them in. Right. Yeah, and and thinking that you have different kind of knowledge. And and the Emergent Church, yeah, and the Emergent Church Movement kind of uh, betrays you to think that it's very simple and that they're making the Word of God simple. But they have to change so much of the meanings of the Word of God to make it what it is that makes it complicated. So up front, they say, well, we're having a very nicer way to be a Christian or a very uh, less threatening way of being a Christian, but then you have to really complicate the word of God in order to change the, change everything about it in order to make it fit your theology. The Hebraic Roots Movement, both of them are leading the same direction. Both of them are leading away from Jesus, and I know that there's probably going to be some Hebraic Roots Movement people listening to me because I am going to post this on my false teaching site and those, you know, and I'm sure they want to hear me because they keep debating with me. But, (laughs) and, 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 you know, I get my name said all the time. They want to, they want to flash me because, you know, I'm, I'm the big shot apparently. So they want to constantly attack me and, and who I am. So, so, they both lead, even though some are going to say in the Hebraic Roots Movement that they're leading to Jesus and same with the emerging church. They're both leading away from Jesus because they had both have a different understanding of who this Jesus of the New Testament is, and both of them are going the same direction. And I even challenged them to say both of them are leading people to Islam. I, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> Really? Now, how did you come to that conclusion? Because of all my studies of Islam and how um, the emerging church has birthed Chrislam. That is where the Chrislam has come from, is the body of the emerging church who has so watered down what the Word of God has said or changed the meaning to where they can be more easily and more friendly. And, of course, Islam is going to take advantage of that because I call Islam the Borg of Star Trek. And those of you who watch Star Trek, the Borg is the very entity, the peop- the, the whatever these space entities come, and they don't, they don't make you know, they don't accept what you are. They make you conform to who they are. You know, so you, your mind, your will, your emotions all become the Borg. You have, and, and it says, futile is mine. You know, futile, you, resistance is futile, it says. So this is the same as 
with Islam. They are not going to, Islam will not accept any other religion. They are here to convert you. And if you are not converted through dawah, which is their evangelism, they are going to force convert you or kill you. This is what we're seeing in Syria. That's what we're seeing in Egypt. That's what we're seeing in Libya. That's what we're seeing in Nigeria and Sudan and Somalia and, 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 and Tanzania, all at the same time, by the way. This is all happening. So, so either you get converted through philosophical discussion and, 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 and evangelistic movement, which they're really doing. So Chrislam has opened the door for Muslims to come in and have a voice and convince people, uh, Christianity, to convert to Islam. They're not here to negotiate with you. Uh, they're here to convert you. And so when we say, oh, we're being going to be nice, we're going to accept uh, Islam and hear what they have to say, and maybe we have common ground with them. We do not. Christians do not. Christians are absolutely opposed to Islam. Islam and Christianity have nothing in common. Uh, uh, they do not have any bridge with the Christianity of the New Testament scriptures and Islam. They oppose each other. And and so they clash. And the only way that they can get into um, into these circles is if we let go of those very things that are in opposition to Islam. And then we they come in and they will take over and they will convert convert you. They won't convert. They will convert so tell, you. Explain to people exactly what Islam is and who. Who is the biggest mover and shaker of this movement? Oh uh, well, we know, you know, Rick Warren is very yeah, much Rick Warren. is is very much into that movement. Um you'll see this more in uh like a lot of the big emerging leaders, uh Brian McLaren, Rob Bell. You'll see that in more of the liberal theology. Yeah. Um the, the very liberal theology that back in the 80s, we were strong and rejected. We had good uh, apologetics against it. This liberal theology has now come in and has, you know, morphed itself into the emerging church movement. Yeah, but it's, it's a own. big, big movement. There's, I would say, it is uh, a huge movement. Probably, I would say 60%, maybe more, of the so-called churches involved in it. Well, you have that, and then you have the Hebraic roots, the same thing. Uh, but, but I'm, but the emerging church. Before you go into the Hebraic roots, uh, the yeah. emerging church. Um, uh, the one line that is catching everybody to be more, uh, you know, kind of listening more in tune to the emerging church philosophy is this saying right here. I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay. Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. Do you know how much yeah. of a lie that that is? That is a lie. Yeah. Christianity is a, relation, a religion and a relationship. Yeah. Christianity is a religion that has specific orthodox understanding and dogma that cannot be pushed away and made or morphed into something else. 
it, religion just means that you believe in something or someone and give them great honor or yeah. some kind of religious belief. So Christianity obviously is a religion, but it's the only religion on this planet that offers a relationship to the one to whom you worship. It's the only relationship that gives you that opportunity to have a relationship. We have the best message than that anyone, than any other religion on this planet. Because our religion provides us with that relationship with the one we honor. And so, to say that Christianity is not a religion but a relationship is, we've got to throw that out. And the emerging church is taking this and throwing out dogma, throwing out everything. Everybody has dogma. Everyone Emerging church movement has dogma. They don't want to claim the dogma, but they do have certain things that you can identify that make them emerging, that yeah. they all agree upon. That they all agree not to agree. They all agree not to have absolutes. They all agree. Yeah, absolutes, to, yeah. They all uh, agree. Why do you think that they don't want the absolute? Well, because that's just too narrow. It's too narrow to say that Jesus is the only way. Oh, what so they do you won't do say that. Believe in Islam? No, of course not. Jesus is well, not Joel the only way. Well, Joel Osteen says something like that too. Who does? Joel Osteen. Yes, uh, he is. Uh, to me, I, I find him more wishy-washy than I do emerging. <laughs> He's just yeah. not. Yeah, he's to me just kind of he's he's kind of wishy washy. He doesn't want to say what I mean. He says what he believes, but he doesn't. By not saying what he believes is he's saying what he believes. You see what I'm saying? He yeah. What he leaves out. What he leaves yeah, out. Yeah, what is he leaves out. Yeah, because he doesn't he want doesn't, to offend. He doesn't really right. want to be offensive. It will change, yeah, it will change his goal and mission to have the biggest church in the in in the United States. Yeah. That was his you know, I used to listen to him when he first came on, you know, when he was first starting out. And, you know, he seemed to be okay at first, but he you know, I didn't really follow him. I just listened to him from time yeah, to time. Yeah, I, I, I just, find his uh, meteoric rise quite amazing really because he just kinda came out of nowhere. And well, uh, I don't find his teachings that appealing. I don't find him that appealing. So I'm, I was confused a little bit as to why he was so popular. Well, he says he says that, you know, the tickling of the ear, you know, he doesn't say anything harsh. He says things that make you feel good. Um, yeah. And the Bible... Yeah, well, his mother that. said that we don't ever tell people they're going to hell. We don't. Well, we want to make people feel good when they come to church here. So, oh, okay, well, <laughs> you better tear those right. scriptures out of the Bible then that talk about hell. No, we don't, right. we don't want to make anybody uncomfortable here. Well, and that's the other thing, you know, the the whole definition of hell. Oh, hell, hell is is your own reality, or hell is hell is not it. You know, God would never God would never create a place for eternity to send you. He loves you too much. 
Today we can't even use the parenting analogy in it, as we used to years ago back in the 70s and 80s where you could actually say, God, you know, do you use the parent analogy, you know, God loves you like your parents do, your father or whatever. We used to be able to use that because the context in which we used it in, we already understood that God was Yeah, we understood it, yeah. We understood yeah. that God was not completely like our father. There's limitations to that analogy. But today, it goes way overboard and says, well, not only God would never, never, ever do to you, you know, because, you know, your father might discipline you, but your father would never send you to hell for eternity, or he'll never put you in prison forever, you know, so we are without limits today, you know, in in these things, and so we can't fully use that completely because the underlying boundaries that were set before are no longer there. So when you say God loves you like your father, the automatic thinking is, is, oh, God would never send me to hell then. You know, because you don't even have to say that, but that's exactly where people will go with yeah, that. Yeah, but what do they do with the scripture? Uh, your name is not well, written. Changed. Your name is written in the Lamb's yeah. Book of Life. The Book of Revelation says that that your name has to be written in there. The book it talks about a lake of fire. Well, then uh, that's where you pick and choose. Which you know, is some are just some some are just analogies or metaphors, and that is very popular with the emerging. Church. Yeah, yeah. Now, what what does that mean for people that don't really understand? What metaphor what would that analogy. mean in simple terms, an analogy and a metaphor, when when the Bible clearly states these things about the lake of fire, about your name not being written in the book, about hell being a, a place of everlasting uh, torment. So how do they change that? How do they change the ever? Well, I know that Rob Bell says that that hell is actually this temporary place here on earth it's your own reality and what what you do with your life and so um and it, you can choose to stay in that hell or you can choose to get out and god gives you the power to get out of that hell and that in a sense is heaven here on earth and so why would we want to die and go to heaven when we can have heaven now you see oh really yeah, oh. it's, 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 it's a, a state port. of reality. It's a state of being, and then so when you die, oh, so you they actually really say that because that's that is definitely an Eastern Eastern religion. Uh, yeah, he does. Say yeah, that. those are Rob Bell very... does, but he will not. He will not commit. He will not admit or commit to what actually happens to you when you die. So he doesn't uh-huh. really go there. He avoids that particular, you know, question. Um, in in detail, resurrection is redefined to say that that we are regenerating the world. <laughs> we are resurrecting the world. We are giving new life to all things. So we're supposed to ecology. We're supposed to do the good things on earth so that it, it produces good. You know, having the kingdom of God on earth, meaning bringing peace and harmony on the planet. That's new age. So you know. It's it's throwing people into these particular subgroups that we as Christians want to keep them out of, and that would be the New Age movement and all these philosophies. Yeah. And also now the, is is Rob Bell, did he ever claim to be a born again Christian? Does he claim the born again experience? 
Well, I don't know if he calls it that. I he calls himself a Christian. He's not a. He, okay, he so they don't really talk about being born again. I don't know if it's in those uh, dogmatic terms. Oh. And that's what's so, yeah, you see, <laughs> where you have to, okay, it's like, kind of like the Hebraic Ritz movement. I don't know if people, people who are listening to me now who know, uh, uh, his name, uh, Michael Rude, <laughs> he's rude. He's a, he's a, um, he's a, he's a real strong uh, Hebraic roots person, and he is really, really hard hitting guy. Okay, so he has redefined a lot of things, <laughs> and um, I forgot where I was going with this. But we're gonna, to, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna take a break in a few minutes, okay, and then we'll we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about the Hebraic roots movement. But what I want to know is. Then let me read a couple of scriptures here while we're talking about the lake of fire. I'm going to read a few scriptures. Revelation 19:20. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. They both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Revelation 20:10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Revelation 20, verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Revelation 20:15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So uh, the scripture is very plain about it. But these um, people, Rob Bell and and, uh, Brian Brian McLaren, McLaren. now, do these people, did they ever, were they ever associated with any church or any group where you would think that they were born again and they were brothers in the Lord? That yes. you know of? Yes. Um, my, uh, McLaren, uh, Brian McLaren, he was a pastor of a, I don't I don't remember what church he was pastor of, but he, he kind of had, he kind of had this moment of, you know, I don't know if you want to call it insanity or sanity. <laughs> he, anyway, no, to he me, he looks moment. like he's like, he, he's got that kind of glazed look that new age uh, look to me he when you look at him. He bored. He said he got bored with the uh, yeah, well, yeah, day-to-day, and, and he was a Episcopalian or some kind of uh, uh, more on the mainline denomination. Oh, church. yeah, yeah. He got bored. Okay. He got bored with, with the position he was in. He said, well, is this all there is to Christianity? You know, and so he got bored with what he was hearing and talking, saying, and then a group of them got together and started saying, "Let's see what we can emerge. You know, what can emerge from this? Let's re rethink the whole thing. Rethink. I hate that word. I hate that phrase. Rethink. Let's oh, so rethink. they tell you 
rethink. Rethink. Yeah, but in other Jesus. words, forget about rethink. all the uh, about, about everything you've been taught in the past. We're going right. to teach you exactly. to rethink and to uh, look. Let's think about Jesus. You know, yeah, no let's way, look at it about. another way. Well, yeah, let, when the other way is a different way than what the scriptures have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not the way, the truth, and the life, but it, it's another way. And let us, let, look, the Bible is boring. It. You know, it's old-fashioned. No, no, it's too no, narrow. So we've got something better for you, but that that definitely sounds like the devil. This is, this is what Brian McLaren says. He says, what if you thought you had a puzzle and you thought you had the right picture of the puzzle but you couldn't fit the puzzle pieces together appropriately and you're trying to figure it out but then you realized all of a sudden that not the puzzle pieces were wrong but your picture of the of what was the, the puzzle was made out of was wrong so hey <laughs> we had the wrong picture to begin with yeah. Come follow me, and I'll show you the way. So uh, that that really sounds like the devil. But anyway, we're going to take about a three-minute break here. And uh, so uh, get my hat on. Brent, change yeah, my well, uh, we're going to come back, and then we're going to go into the uh, teaching on the what is the Hebraic Roots Movement. We're going to find out. All right, so we'll be right back. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson, inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture at American Warning Radio with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's anamericanwarning.com.
in the last days. The Bible lays out our future, and host Phil Armstrong examines what the Scripture tells of His coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. What is the New World Order? The people who are talking about the New World Order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible. And we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. All right, everybody. Hi. We're back. Anyway, um, we're going to uh, continue our discussion. And I'm sure that some of you haven't heard, uh, or maybe you, you were suspicious. Maybe you're actually going to a church where they are emerging, uh, this emergent church movement. And I, I find a few years ago I did... Uh, quite a bit of research into universalism and uh, ultimate reconciliation, which sounds kind of like this whole movement meshing together, these emergent teachers, and um, what they believe what, what ultimate reconciliation is and universalism is that they believe there is no hell. And they believe that everybody gets saved in the end, whether they know it or not, whether they ever accepted Christ as their Savior, that in the end, everybody gets saved, even people like Hitler and the worst people that ever lived. So uh, at one time, they had a directory that they posted on the Internet of their churches, uh, uh, people that were associated with universalism and ultimate reconciliation. And then after some people started um, outing them, so to speak, they made they took the directory off and uh, they it's password protected now. So you you can't really find out who all the the members are uh in the organization that they do have. But they have churches uh, like River of Life and uh, Word of Life Church. And so you would go to this church and you would actually not really know. You would think that you were in a church that was a normal uh, Bible-believing church. And it might take a while um, for you to find out what they really believed. Because they do try to hide it. I know even from visiting some of their websites, uh, I know who they are, but yet, they try to hide it. They don't post the fact that they don't believe in hell. And uh, you would have to get to know them a little bit. And uh, it, probably eventually after you went to church there for a while, you would find out. But maybe by that time they might have you hooked. Uh, sometimes people find it difficult to leave churches. But anyway, um, Brenda, um, mm-hmm. we wanted to... Uh, talk a little bit about the Hebraic Roots Movement. Now, for people that don't know what it is, explain, try to explain to them what is 
the Hebraic Roots Movement? Where did it come from? Who started it? Well, it was started uh, way back in, well, not way back, because it actually is a pretty new movement. But the Ibionites, actually, way back in the early church, actually had this heresy. And, uh, okay, I'm saying heresy. I know I'm frustrating a lot of people when I say that. Um, But it actually took hold here in the United States, with the Worldwide Church of God in the 1930s. Uh, And for those of you who are not familiar with the Worldwide Church of God, uh, that was Herbert Herbert W. Armstrong. Oh. Yes. And he was, was, uh, really, he was the one that actually really promoted, other than the sacred name, which was a little bit before that, the sacred name was like in the early 1900s, uh, that was sacred name movement. Um, and, and what then, is the sacred name? Sacred name movement is the early, you know, they believe that um, God had a particular name. That yeah, you, and you couldn't say like God and you couldn't say Jesus. Huh? Well, yeah. It's morphed into so many things like Jesus, man, you know, Jesus is a pagan word, Greek word for the god Zeus today. So you could only um, say, what can you say, Yeshua? You can't say Jesus, right? Uh, they to don't even say Yeshua anymore. Oh, they, they, don't, oh, they don't want you to say they, that either. Well, no, Yeshua is like, you know, you haven't come to the light yet, you know. Yahoshua or Yahuwah or Yah or Oh yeah, or, yeah. They don't want you and when they say God they don't have the O in it. Do you know why they don't yeah. put the O there? Tell no, I don't know. I don't didn't get in this part. Yeah, I've seen that where they leave the O out. Well, oh yeah, God. Okay, God and the word God. It's 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 what the the is that's actually innocent. That's not really if you hear, if you see somebody write God without the O there, it's just a respectful thing that the Israelites did. Oh, I see. When, you know, they didn't use the word God, but when they talked about Jehovah, they didn't use the consonants because it, it, some people think it was, you know, um, like the Jehovah's Witnesses think that they didn't say the name because they were superstitious. But no, they were respectful. They didn't want to say God's name and say it inappropriately or say it with disrespect. So they didn't say it. So when you see somebody say, write G-O-D and leave the O out, they're actually taking that kind of ideology and bringing it to their understanding, you know, when they say God. Uh, and yeah. so it's, that was actually very innocent. I see a lot of people okay. do that just out of respect um, for for God. So I don't find any any alarm in that. I do find that alarm when you hear people say Yahoshua or Yahuwah or all these funky uh, names that you you know, and then using all the uh, Hebraic wor- words for the books of the Bible. They even go to the extent of changing their name to an Israel Israelite name. Yeah, you I've know seen the that. Extent of what, 
following how far deep into the Hebraic roots they, they have gone. They even grow beards, and uh, they grow their hair a funny way, and they grow their beard a funny way. Uh, they start dressing. Have the they have the right. women dress funny, and uh, so it sounds like a cult. It sounds like a cult. Well, I call the the emerging church a cult, and I call the Hebraic roots a cult. Yeah. Uh, and and the Hebrew, each one of them have their, all their sects to go with it. And you know, I'm still trying to figure out the Hebraic roots. They're far more complicated than than the emerging church was, and I thought that was hard to figure out. But it, and it took me a long time to really study them. About four years to study the emerging church to get just wow. the basics. Understanding of that's where a lot of research. Go. Now that's a lot of research. But Herbert W. Armstrong. Now he was he's a cult dead. And then, of course, yeah, his son was his yes. son Ted Garner Armstrong. I don't know who his son it was, but it, they're yeah. called Re- the Restored Church of God. Now they're still okay. around. Yeah, but remember they're that just, they so they supposedly repented of their error. They supposedly well, repented no, of that. Um, I have not. Okay, so they're still preaching that because at one time they had a magazine. I don't know if they still have it. Where they send the people. Plain these, the, the plain truth was their magazine. Yeah. Yeah. And you could find yeah. that. It was plentiful. I think they even had it in some Christian bookstores. Used to carry it. But I think the plain they truth. They on some of their false prophecies because they had to because they had a lot of false prophets. Okay, so they maybe didn't... that's. But that uh, they, a few years back, I remember supposedly he admitted he was wrong about all these things, and he and uh, so he people forgave him. And uh, but anyway, he I think his son was Ted Garner Armstrong. I don't know if he's dead or alive. I'm going to look it up on the internet. But he. Yeah, he, I don't know about his son. Yeah, he supposedly took over after. But now this this guy had been around for a long time with that magazine, the Plain Truth magazine, uh, Armstrong. Right. Yeah, because he yeah, was really he old was, when he his died. Big, his big thing was his big thing was uh, celebrating the Sabbath. You know, hol- holding to the Sabbath and okay. starting to follow the feasts of. You know, oh, so he was he was uh, big on the feasts and the and Sabbath, and that's what's kind of brought you know the difference to his his organization. And the sacred name had that as well, but with the the, the different names, you know. So, uh, but I think it was Herbert W. Armstrong that made it more popular. And I remember in the early '80s that it's it really started to bloom in the 70s and 80s to where, you know, you you really got into the sacred dance. You know, the, I did it. I did the sacred dance, which there's nothing wrong with uh, doing all that. I, I actually taught Israeli praise dance, and we represented Israel in, in the feasts and, and the international fair in Nashville, Tennessee, where I lived. And uh, we did weddings, and we did, you know, marches, and we, we did all kinds of stuff. And um, those things, you know, there was the Messianic, which the Hebraic roots call the Messianic um, Christians or Jews uh, Christian. <laughs> they do not, they will not call themselves Christian because they Who? deny. The, the Hebrew roots? 
yes. not call themselves Christians? Correct. Because they believe their whole found foundation of their movement is saying that uh, Christianity was developed from the Hellenistic uh, Judea, uh, Hellenistic um, <laughs> philosophy of Greek philosophy. Oh man! Uh, I mean, talk about you know people would yeah. really be confused. You would really be it, confused if you listened to this stuff. Too much. That's only the beginning of the confusion. That's only like I'm giving you basic. You question. Because, you would question everything. <laughs> well, yeah, because you have. In order for you to change what the Bible says, you have to actually make it so it make there it makes it so it have something wrong with it. For example, they don't believe that the the scriptures were written in Greek. They believe that the New Testament was really oh. written in Aramaic and Hebrew, which is not true. It was it was it was Greek. The the apostles purposely, and they even call this Michael Rude calls this sloppy Greek that that didn't even know how to speak Greek properly, and they in saying that the Bible was written in Greek, the sloppy Greek. But the apostles wrote the 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 Bible in Greek because that was the quickest way to to be able to share the gospel with the whole entire world at the time because that everybody spoke Koine Greek and oh. so when they wrote it 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 could go everywhere and the church was expanding beyond Jerusalem oh, with yeah. Paul. And yeah. so everybody in writing did it in Greek. Uh, now, they talk about an Aramaic text, which was actually a translation from Greek. But they said, no, Aramaic was, it was in Aramaic. And they go to the extent of saying, well, the words that you use for atonement and all that really didn't mean what it means. In Aramaic, oh. it totally changes the meaning. And do you know what it sounds like? Islam. What? It oh. sounds exactly like Islam. I'm, I, I'm like, and this is, you know, this is where these these Hebraic rich people are saying you are. You are liable. You are you are lying about us leading to Islam because I put on on my false teaching post. I I said uh, the Hebraic rhythm movement leads to Islam, and they're like, no, it doesn't lead to Islam. Well, yeah, it does. It's it's not preaching Islam. It's lead, when I say leading to Islam, that means it's creating a bridge by which Islam yeah. can come and yeah. convert Christians because. Yeah. Christianity has no bridge for Islam to come and and convert us. We must we must re we must uh, throw out our Christianity to accept Islam. We must get rid of what we believe to accept Islam. But the Hebraic Ritz already gets rid of all that we believe at, that is in contrast yeah. to Islam. So yeah. Islam can come in and say, well, you know what? Hey, let me tell give you a deeper understanding of what you already know. And so yeah. here they are. <laughs> we'll unlock the mysteries. But I wanted to ask you now. 
<laughs> Before, <laughs> the uh, the feast days. Now, uh, the, I know yeah, there's there's a, there's a scripture where God says, "Yeah, I'm I'm getting bored with you already with all these feast days and and." Uh, so why do they? Why is it so important for them to celebrate these feast days when, really, every day with the Lord, every day is the Lord's day. So it's not like you know He has these important days. Well, it's it's really not as much as the feast days as it is the commandments, and okay. it's. So they're not big on like the, the, the Passover and the Feast of Atonement and uh, whatever they they they're big on celebrating. You know, you must celebrate these feast days forever. Well, yeah, they would rather celebrate Hanukkah than the birth of Jesus. Really? Oh, okay. So they do celebrate these feast days. They do celebrate. But they would rather, they they fight and they dishonor Jesus being born and argue. Oh, yeah, because fact. you can't celebrate. Oh, no, you can't have a celebration of the birth of Jesus. Whatever no, day that is. It's a pagan is. holiday. It's a pagan. Right, that's, right, another, right, right. that's another whole, let's confuse that's people whole, even more. Let's forget celebrating the resurrection. Let's not celebrate the birth because oh, those were pagan you know holidays. Well, do you know what Hanukkah is? Hanukkah was when the menorah was lit in the temple for seven days. Oh, and I, I tell them, I tell them, guess what? God came as a baby among mankind. He was the light of the world to come live with us. Yeah. He was not just an oil in the lamp. He was yeah. the lamp. Yeah. And why you <laughs> oh, have yeah, to celebrate good. the Hanukkah in the temple, which is not even the real thing, and forget or actually fight against celebrating the birth of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's, to me, that's pagan. It's pagan. Yeah, that's that. pagan because, look, I'm going to remember that Jesus was born and celebrate, and I'm going to remember that, that he resurrected and celebrate. Yes, I'm going to celebrate. So, uh, yeah, that's pagan. We're uh, they, they make such a big issue out of it. But I'm looking and here yet. Garner Ted Armstrong was the name of uh, Ben Armstrong's son, but he uh, he passed away in uh, 2003. And it says that he, he was the son of Herbert W. Armstrong, founder of the Worldwide Church of God. So that's where it confused people because you thought it was like the Church of God, but it was called the Worldwide Church of God. Life Church of God, which is now Restored Church of God. It's yeah. still around. It's called the Restored Church of God. And not that I'm leading anybody there, because don't go there. No, it's don't not, go there. But, <laughs> yeah, but this is what they taught. They taught observance of the Sabbath. And mm-hmm. um, he, he actually, they, are, they were on television at one time, both of them, uh, Herbert W. Armstrong and Ted Garner. I don't know if they still have some kind of a broadcast. They might. They, they don't have a broadcast, but they do videotape clips because I've watched them on their on their website. So you can go and listen to them. Well, not that you should, but I'm just saying if you're anything like me, I go and I I go right into yeah. The enemy as long as you're going and you know not to to follow them, but to do research because they. Their magazine, they had a very good magazine at the time. Back in the 80s, of course, people didn't have 
flashy magazines like The Plain Truth, and they talked a lot about end-time prophecies. So you were lured in, and uh, you could almost mistake it. Uh, Especially about for, the United States. Yeah, you could almost say, yeah, you I'm could sorry, almost mistake it for uh, Christianity, the way that the way it was presented. And uh, I noticed that a lot of the false teachers today too, they use this, they use prophecy as a way to lure people in, uh, and then they bring yeah. these extra biblical teachings in. But uh, anyway, so who are the biggest proponents today? of the Hebraic Roots Movement? Oh, 119 Ministries. Oh, God forbid. They're on the Internet. They are, uh, you know, uh, okay, so 119 Ministries is huge. Uh, Stanley, what's his name? Um, um I haven't listened to him for for a long time. Let me see if I can look him up. Uh, also, Michael Rood, R-O-O-D. I want to call him R-U-D-E because yeah. he is. But um, um, uh, what is his name? I can't think of his name. And um, but. There is a lot of the Hebrew, there's so many different sects, and even if I tell you the leaders, um, they're, so, they're, they're really infiltrating a lot of churches because a lot of people do want to understand uh, our roots, you know, our Hebrew roots of our faith. Yeah. yeah, We do. I think it's great because I, I like culture, I like studying it, and it does yeah. give you insight into the New Testament, but the mistake is... The mistake is is that um, they interpret the New Testament by the, with the Old Testament. Yeah. The Old Testament is in you know, and but Jesus said he it says that Jesus is the final word. Yeah. And that Jesus we have a new gave, covenant. Yeah. Well, and Jesus gave understanding to the Old Testament. Yeah. Jesus interpreted the Old Testament. Yeah. So, and we and, have a New and, Testament. <laughs> and so, what you have to do it, you have to take what Jesus said in the New Testament and interpret the Old Testament in light of what Jesus said about it and what he did and what he said. And so, one of the things that they say is, well, we do what Jesus did. Jesus followed the law completely and totally so when he died he gave us power through the holy spirit to live by the law what paul says that what? He, we can't live by because nobody could follow what? the law paul says why are we going back to the very yeah. things he confronted these people way back i wrote, i wrote my law in your heart that's the New yeah. Testament. Well, I, I write that. I write my law in your heart. Right. They Nobody say that. Nobody can keep the law. But we do oh, what please. Jesus did, and he followed the law, and so we need to follow the law too. No, Jesus followed the law because we could not. Yeah. And because he followed the law, and because, hear this very carefully, everybody, because he followed the law perfectly 
completely, we follow him. Yeah. We don't follow the law. Yeah. We put our faith in him and yeah. follow him, yeah. not the law that he followed. You see what, and they say, they go to the extent of saying that Jesus pointed to the Torah. Jesus pointed back to the Old Testament, back to the covenants, back to, no, Jesus pointed to himself. Jesus said, I am it. <laughs> That's the truth. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. He pointed to himself. <laughs> I'm it. <laughs> I'm the fulfillment. I am it. Yeah. I am the way, the truth, the life. Amen. Says, amen. And the yeah, I mean, it, it gives you such liberty. <laughs> Poor people getting involved in all this foolishness because it just puts them back into bondage. Oh, you have to say this. You have to do that. You have to dress like this. You have to do this on this day. And. Poor thing. Why do you want to go back into bondage when Jesus Christ sets you free? He's given you liberty. And uh, how foolish people can be. Well, it's serious because people are, the churches are accepting all of this, and they're very, very aggressive. This movement is, I think, even more aggressive than the emerging church movement. They're, they're actually very vicious when you debate them because they have this arrogance. And they oh, say, yeah. oh, you, you need to special. stop being so prideful. You need yeah, to stop yeah. being so prideful. And you need to really have the Holy Spirit teach you. You know, they tell me a lot that it's like, how dare you say that? Whose authority do you say that in? What do you mean, whose authority? Do I have to have somebody's authority outside of Jesus Christ to be yeah. able to speak on his behalf? And, yeah. and they say they say that you know they don't claim to even know God really because he can't be totally understood. Now get this: there are even two extremes in the Hebraic roots movement. There's there's sects, sect, s e c t s. I can't yeah, say it very good. Yeah, S-E-C-T-S. Yeah. <laughs> Self-misunderstanding here. Yeah. <laughs> there are extreme sects to the extent where there are those groups that believe Jesus is not God. And then there are those groups that believe Jesus is God but not a trinity. He's a manifestation. Oh, of yeah, God. yeah, yeah. In it's one like person. Yeah, the one oneness, person, theology, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost in one person. Yes, that he manifested. I don't know, though. Like, what, what was, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was talking to the Father, so what, he was talking to himself. I, I don't know, you know, people, how do they get this stuff? Well, you have, have to, to be really confused. <laughs> you have to explain it away, and there's always a way to explain it. And, they, and then they go into, okay, I, okay, I'm going to tell everybody, if you're just doing Strong's word studies, you better stop doing them and do a little bit more. If you're going to go that deep, you need to do the other hermeneutics that go along with the word studies because these Strong word studies, though they're good, they are leading many, many people into false teachings because 
what the Hebraic Ritz is doing is they're saying, well, this word means this in the Strong's, and so you, so it means this here, and you can, you have to use this the same here, 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 here. Every cult does that. Every yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that. When it means something different here and something here, and you need to know the idioms, and you need to know the culture, and you need to know the context, and you need to know, oh, that's tiring. You know, the simple gospel is you can read it and you can understand it. Exactly. The only time you need the real hermeneutics is when you have to deal with people like that. Oh, I know, exactly, because I'm like, I go, uh, you know, they've got this whole teaching now with the angels coming down from heaven and making children with people, and they they take one simple scripture out of Genesis, and they, they're building the whole doctrine out of it. And, yeah, the yeah, they're writing all these books and yeah. and making movies, and and yet That's and fine. then they do the same thing. They're like digging for the meaning of the word sons of God. Well, sons of God means sons of God. It doesn't mean anything else. It doesn't mean angels. It doesn't mean anything else. When you read the Word of God, just read it for what it is. If you're not a Greek scholar and you're not a Hebrew scholar and you don't know Aramaic and you don't know all these languages, just leave it alone. Well, don't you know, go looking yeah. for meanings that aren't there. And well, then, see, you got you got to give those those who like the intellectual studies some fodder for for what they like to do, but you have to be very careful if you don't really if you're going to go that far to study a language, go and study the whole principles of hermeneutics and do the whole entire gamut of it all, because. You can't just get this deeper understanding. Well, you can, but it will be wrong. This deeper understanding because this is what, you know, they're telling me. They're saying, oh, you just have, you just have the milk of the word, honey. Nobody who knows me knows I, I think I, I have the milk of the word. There is no one who, who has a well, conversation with me that says that to me. But they say it because you know why? Because I don't look for the hidden meaning in the Hebrew yeah, word. Exactly, we're not trying to find the hidden meanings. Well, what, and what is, is that? That sounds way. like the that's occult. Kabbalah. We're looking for hidden. Let's find the hidden meaning. Now, what does this scripture? Jesus said you must be born again. So, what does that really mean? Let's go for some deeper meaning into that. The uh, etymology of words. Have you heard that, those of you who are listening to me? Do you hear the word etymology when you're talking about Hebraic words? Etymology, they're going to say, oh, the etymology of what it meant back here, and this word meant this, and this, this morphed here, and this meant here. Do you know that Islam does the same thing with Arabic? And do you know what? They're going to take you on their road, and they're going to say, hey, we have a common common ground here. Let me show you really let me give you the right understanding. Let me give you the real hidden word. Let me give you yeah. the real. You know. Do you know how many Christians are being converted? They're converted to Islam, and it's not through the church that talk about Jesus being God, the Son of God, the Trinity. No way. No, because Islam says, "Ooh, God is not a Trinity." Ooh, pagan. Okay, so so, but the the emerging church says. Oh, we don't really believe God is necessarily all that stuff. And the Hebrew roots say, oh, he's definitely not a trinity. So what in the world, who is he? Is he God? Is he not God? Who is Jesus? Well, it's, you know, it says if you don't, John says, if you don't 
claim he came in the flesh, then you're not of him. That's the Antichrist. But there is one thing that nobody ever actually follows that scripture completely down. It says, and the apostles' teachings. The apostle taught these things, and it says there that not only do you claim that he came in the flesh, God came in the flesh, but not a manifestation, but he obviously was a person, and Islam knows he was a person. <laughs> Yeah, well, we we just have about two minutes left here uh, on the live stream, but because I have so much fun with yeah, well, it's it's an interesting topic. I thought we had two hours, but actually, no, I see we just have two minutes and twenty two seconds left on this stream. But anyway, you know, it there there's I think we just basically just scratched the surface because I've noticed. even lately, I've noticed a few people, you know, delving into this stuff, and uh, it draws you away. Just stay with yeah. the simple gospel because you won't go wrong, and uh, don't look for hidden meanings. And it's like the Bible codes and all these things that they had. Oh, this means this, and this, and this means this, and just take the stay simple, and uh, you won't go astray. But uh, what? So then, Brenda, what do you have coming up on your program? What do I have coming up? Uh, well, what time do you do your broadcast for people that want well, to I listen? I usually do it at time uh, on Fridays at 1 to 3 is usually when I oh, do okay. my program. So I'm actually doing this program, and then I'm going to post it to my program. So okay, my, those who are listening to me missed the actual hour, but that's okay. Well, All right, we're then. good. Yeah, but anyway, I want to thank you for coming on today, and um, we'll be talking again. I know that there's some other topics that I want to get you. Yeah, as the day approaches, it's my program, and Uh, so. Yeah, and don't forget to check out her Facebook group. Uh, What was the name of it again? I have As the Day Approaches, a Facebook group on that, and I have it, False Teachings Identifying Them. If you want to know how to how to defend your faith, and, and I, I believe by, by debating, you learn how to defend it. And you also yeah. learn what the arguments are. You learn how they argue. And so you know how to, you know, know what, the, what they're going to tell you next time. I've got Jehovah's Witnesses on there. I've got Mormons on there. I've got, I've got Hebraic Ritz on there. I've got all kinds of people on there. Yeah, well, I'm going to check it I'm, out myself. All right, then, Brenda, God bless you, and we'll be talking again, okay? Thank you you for listening, everybody, today. And don't forget to give your life to Jesus Christ. Ask him to come into your life today. Repent of your sins. Get your Bible out and read John 3.